This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. We may have two services here. <laughs> that was one. We'll have another one. <laughs> Sometimes those unscheduled ones are the best, aren't they? Hallelujah. Listen, if you're here today, seriously, whatever you're facing, I just feel like we need to pray right now. If you're, 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 if you're saying there, there's trouble in the middle, you don't have to tell us what it is, but just stand up where you are. I just, I just want to pray right now for you and, and, of course, with the church here. Listen, don't. Don't ever be ashamed to say, hey, you know what? I'm going through trouble because I'm going to tell you what. You either just came out of some trouble or you're in trouble or on your way into some trouble. I'm, that's not, I'm not prophesying anything. That's what the Scriptures teach us. Jesus said in the world you're going to have tribulation. Listen, nobody got more faith than Jesus, have they? He said you're going to have tribulation, so don't get mad at the pastor when I tell you. I'm preparing you. But here's the thing. We don't have to, just because trouble comes, it does not have to defeat us. That's the good news. He said, but be of good cheer. Not because of the trouble, but because of who's in your boat. Hallelujah. He said, you're going to go over to the other side. Amen. All the way to glory. We're going to go and we're going to be victorious. Amen. So I just want to pray. If, and, you know, wherever you are, you, you can just stretch your hands out toward people. Amen, saints, and believe with us. Amen. The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous person is releasing great power right now. Father, in Jesus' name, we invoke that name over our brothers and sisters, over their, their problems, over their trouble, whatever it may be, whether it's relational, whether it's financial, whether it's physical, whatever it may be, in the mighty name of Jesus, we rebuke the trouble of their life. We rebuke the storms, the wind, the waves of their life. And we say, peace be still. Peace be still. The greater one is with you. God, your God, is delivering you right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We are in agreement. And we declare it so in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Well, you can be seated. All righty. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Well, we're talking about intercessory prayer realm today. We're, we're completing our, our series this month on the prayer realms. Pray without ceasing. Uh, New Living Translation says never stop praying. That's the literal meaning of it. Never stop praying. Never stop praying. And let me, I just add a second part to that. Never stop believing. Because Jesus said, when you pray, believe. Amen. It's not just an emotional exercise. 
It's a power that God has given us to make a difference, to see things change. Amen? I don't want to pray just to feel good. I mean, that's great. I'm, I love it, you know. You can't, I mean, you're not going to hang around in God's presence and not feel good. I understand that. But that's not our, our purpose in intercessory prayer. Let's, let me read you a couple of quotes before I get into the message. This one from E.M. Bounds. If you've never read E.M. Bounds stuff on prayer, boy, you should get his books. Wow, 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 wow. He says this, God shapes the world by prayer. The prayers of God's saints, that's you and I, amen, are the capital of heaven by which God carries on His work upon the earth. Listen, if you're not seeing God, you know, work in your life the way you want to, to work in your church the way you want to, to work in your nation the way you want to, don't get mad at God. Get busy praying. I know. God conditions, listen to this now, the very life and prosperity of His cause by prayer. I believe this with all my heart. And I'm talking about, you know, and here's the thing. When I talk about this, you know, I'm talking about, especially today, we're going to talk about individually but corporately. I'm talking about when we're talking about the will of God in the world and will of God in the nation, we're talking about corporately. I'm not talking about it's all on you. But I believe this with all my heart. If the body of Christ worldwide would take this and begin to do this, we would see an exponential (laughs) move toward Wrapping up everything. I really believe that. Because if we pray, God's going to begin to pour out His Spirit. He's going to begin to thrust forth labors into the harvest field. And Jesus said, and I believe this is the only sign left of the end times. He said, when this gospel is preached for a witness to all nations. Now, that doesn't mean geopolitical nations. That means people groups that have a distinct culture and language. And I mean, you know, you can look within political, that's the reason there's so much turmoil in a lot of geopolitical nations is because within those nations, you've got other people groups and nations that are opposed to one another. So he said, when that's done, he said, then the end will come. Because I'm going to tell you what, uh, there's plenty of earthquakes and, and plagues and locusts and fire and all. I mean, there's plenty of that chaos going on, isn't there? And then... The great John Wesley, founder of the Methodist Church, listen to this. You've heard this quote before, but it's so powerful. Pardon me. I want you to let it sink in. It seems God can do nothing except someone ask Him. Now, that's a Methodist that said that, not some wild-eyed Pentecostal. A Methodist said that. So don't think, oh, yeah, Pastor Norris is going crazy. That's a Methodist. I'm quoting a Methodist. Amen. Hallelujah. It seems that God can do it. Listen, you want God to show up more in your life? You want God to do more in your family? Get in your prayer closet. Amen. We have the amazing privilege of joining forces with God through our intercessory prayers. Man, partnershiping with God. Now, we know this, that since Jesus finished the plan of redemption in three days, Whoa, three days. He took seven just to create the universe and the world. Three days. Since that time, you know what Jesus has been doing? You know, don't you? He's been interceding 
at the right hand of the Father for us. So if he's been interceding for that long, I'm telling you what, that puts a premium on the purpose and the power of intercessory prayer. Amen? And really, that's what we do. We're, the Bible says, and we'll look at this when we look at our position, we're seated in the heavenly places in Christ. We know that, don't we? God raised us up together with Him. So He's seated at the right hand, interceding, and positionally, that's where we are. And so we, we intercede, we're interceding, we're partnering with our high priest. Let's, let's look at the premise of it, and I know we've looked at this scripture before, but let's look at it again. Ezekiel 22. What is the premise? Or the, or the, why, why do we have, why are we talking about intercessory prayer? Why does God talk about it? <clears throat> you know, once we get to know better the ways of God, the character of God, it's a lot easier for us to cooperate in ways where we do see results. See, a lot of our misconceptions is what holds us in bondage, whether it's individual or the church as a whole. See, some people think, well, God, you know, and they get, you know, half-truth is worse than a lie sometimes. You know, because they get part of it right. Well, God's sovereign. God can do anything. God's all-powerful. Well, nobody would disagree with that. But you've got to see more of the character of God than just that, because otherwise, then, you know, that's just going to make you want to sit down and say, well, whatever is going to happen is going to happen. God's in control. Boy, how many times have we heard that? If he's in control, boy, I'm telling you what, I don't know what heaven's going to look like because it's a mess down here. I'm not being sacrilegious. I'm just saying, isn't that true? Jesus prayed. He said, pray this way. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And if this, I mean, see, so we only get half of that. But God says, he says, he says, I'm looking, and this is the premise of prayer in Ezekiel 22. Look here in verse 30. He said, I look for someone. God is looking for someone. In one place it says, the eyes of the Lord are going, running to and fro over the face of the whole earth, looking for someone to whom he can show himself mighty to. I'm looking for someone who could build up the wall. Are you someone who could build up the wall? And stand before me in the gap. On behalf of the land. Uh-oh. Well, I, you know, I just got too much to pray about my own stuff. I just don't have time, Pastor, to pray for anybody else. How's that working out for you? <laughs> so that I would not have to destroy it. God's not looking to bring judgment. God's looking to bring salvation. God's looking to pour out His Spirit, to bring grace. That, I mean, why did Jesus go to the cross? If, if God wanted to just punish everybody, all He had to do was Jesus stay in heaven. Boy, I tell you, I would have fixed it. But that's not His character. And He says, I'm looking for someone who will partner for me in the earth, who will build up the wall, the hedge, and will stand in a gap for the land so that I do not have to judge it. Everybody's talking about, you know, a lot of people talking about, well, God's going to judge America. Well, you know, it's interesting, isn't it? That, you know, those same people, if you had a, a, a word that says God's going to bless America, they think you're a heretic. <laughs> but here he says the judgment only comes, what, if my people 
if I can't find someone who will stand in the gap. He said, so I will pour out my wrath on them and consume them with my fiery anger. But why? Because he didn't find anyone. So the premise of this is, is what? Is we are to build up the wall or the hedge of protection. We can do this. Now, you know, I really need about two years to teach on this. I got 25 minutes. So, <laughs> I mean, it's true. I was looking at my notes the other day. I could have teach on this, just, just on intercessory prayer for two years. But, but here's the thing. Intercessory prayer, everybody in the body of Christ is called to pray intercessory prayers. Not everybody is called to be an intercessor. Amen? That's kind of like, you know, ch- uh, you know uh, ch- chickens are birds, but not all birds are chickens. <laughs> but here's the thing. It starts with places of authority. Where God gives responsibility, He gives authority. And where there is authority and responsibility, there will be accountability. And so it starts with us in our home. We start there with our intercessory prayer, praying over our families. That's where we start, praying and building up the hedge. We start praying and standing in the gap. Amen? You need to be covering your family in prayer on a regular basis. You need to speak the Word of God over them. Pray the prayer that Paul prayed over there. Get in the Psalms. Get in different ones. That's what I do over you. I get in the Word. I pray the Word over you. I don't try to come up with some... I'm, I'm not that smart. But I know this. I can get in God's Word and I can pray that out. And I'm telling you, I can be confident and assured I'm on good ground because I'm praying exactly what God said He wants, what He wants to do in you, what He wants to do for you. So here's the thing. I believe this with all my heart. I'm not saying that you can pray and build up a wall and nothing bad will ever happen to you. But I do believe this. Some things that happen to us, you know, would not have happened to us if we had built up the wall better. And some things that God wants to do for us and, and He hasn't been able to do is because, again, we haven't, been do, we haven't been doing our part in prayer. You have not because you ask not. Well, God knows what I need. How's that working out for you? We stand in the gaps where the enemy can enter in. You know, intercessory prayer, we're praying on behalf of others. And many times it's people who do not know how to pray and receive for themselves. And so we stand, we see a gap in somebody's life. We see an area where the enemy is either, either could come in or is already working to some degree. And that's our signal. And we go uh, to, you know, we go to bat for them, so to speak. We go into prayer mode for them. We begin to use our authority. We begin to use uh, the name of Jesus, the Word of God, all that He's given us. And we begin to pray and cover that person or persons in prayer. I believe this. We're all here and saved because somebody somewhere prayed. I believe that. You know, it could have been that somebody prayed, could have been two generations ago. Some of y'all, a lot of y'all probably like me, if you go back to your history, I mean, man, my ancestor that came over here way back in the 1600s, he was a, a preacher. His church, he, he pastored as a historic site still standing in Virginia. 
He, he probably prayed over his family. I, I guarantee you, if we could go back, all of us would find somebody somewhere that probably prayed, hallelujah, prayed ahead of time. You could pray. Listen, pray for your grandkids. Pray for your kids. Pray for your nephews. You've got a connection there. Stand in the gap for them. Amen? In, in Isaiah 5, there's an interesting reference here to the hedge I want to just refer to. Isaiah 5. Let me get over there. He's talking about the hedge here. Pages want to stick together this morning. Isaiah 5. One more here. In verse 5. Notice this, what he says here. <clears throat> he said, now I will tell you. Now he's speaking to Israel. What I'm going to do to my vineyard. I will take away its hedge and it will be destroyed. I will break down its wall and it will be trampled. This is what happens when the hedge and the wall is not in place. There's going to come, the enemy can come in. If it's especially over a nation, judgment can come. You know, I, you know, I, I don't know this, but I, some people, I, I, I feel like when I hear them talk about judgment coming on America, I almost feel like they're going to be mad at God if it don't come. You know? I mean, I mean I'm, I'm just saying I'm glad they're not God. Amen? We're, you know, we're not in intercessory prayer. It's not, we don't say, God, you know, kill those people. <laughs> he, Jesus, remember, I told about, you know, the, the, two of the apostles wanted to do that one time when, you know, he went through Samaria and they wouldn't receive him. He said, Lord, you want us to call down and fire on them? <laughs> he said, no, boys. I'm paraphrasing. But he said, you know, you don't know what spirit you are of. That, that's, that's not the spirit we're of. Amen. Let's leave all the fire and stuff. Let's leave that to God, okay? <laughs> we don't need to pray that. But it, we stand in the gaps. We fill up the hedge. Listen, start around your family. Start building it up around your family. Pray it over your kids, your grandkids. Pray over your spouse. Pray, you know. And then, you know, we expand from that. We can cover our church, our church family. We begin to pray. We begin to build up the hedge. And we, we stand in the gap. We want to pray and, and, and draw on heaven's will and plan and purpose for Passion Church to see it fulfilled. Listen, I don't see this church built on the wisdom of man, on some skill that some of us may have. I mean, all those are fine. They can be used. But I want it to be built on God. I want it to be built on the power of God, on the will of God, on the movement of God in uh, His plan and His purpose for us as the people of God. God wants to be actively involved. He is not an absentee landlord. He didn't create, create everything, and then he's gone off and left us to ourselves. Oh, you got a hole in the roof? Well, you guys fix it the best you can. <laughs> so, he is very much desiring to be intimately involved with you, with your family, with our church, with the body of Christ, and with the nations of the world. It's part of his plan. And he's looking for someone, somewhere, who will stand in the gap and begin to pray. 
one place, turn over to Psalm 116. This is a very interesting scripture here, Psalm 116. It talks about the cup of salvation. Now, we know if you're familiar with the scriptures over in Revelations, he talks about pouring out the cup of judgment. Well, there's, there's a cup of salvation, and, and in Psalm 116, and we're going to look at, at uh, verse 13, Notice what he says. He says, I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. Now, I want to share with you what some insight that I believe this means, and it's based on experience that Cindy and I had. Uh, A number of years ago, we were uh, missionaries, most of you know that, uh, back in the 80s, way back there. (laughs) We (laughs) we, We were in Argentina. In 89 and, and, and 90, those two years, we were in Argentina. And we uh, were able to experience something that was absolutely amazing. There was such a tremendous move of God going on in that nation at that time. And I don't care if you were Baptist, Catholic, uh, Nazarene, uh, Pentecostal, Bapticostal, uh, Charismatic, it didn't matter. God was just moving across that nation phenomenally. Churches were just exploding. We worked with uh, uh, Dr. Cabrera there. His church had 100,000 people in it in 1989. I mean, just tremendous. I mean, everywhere you went, outside crusades, thousands and thousands of people just coming into the, to the, uh, to the kingdom. And I'm, miracles, I mean, my goodness. I, I think you could have got up and just read the begats and seen miracles. It was, it, was, it was just tremendous. Am I, I'm telling the truth. It, it was just, and see what, I, what, I, what we found out, because we went throughout, we, we traveled over the whole nation. We met with the people from different streams of the body of Christ. We talked to them, people that uh, were on radio, people that had Christian television, people that were of this persuasion or that persuasion in the body of Christ. And the thing that was common throughout the whole thing, that what preceded that was a great, prayer movement and they were still doing it they had all night prayers they had prayer retreats they, I mean man I'm talking about prayer was going on and without question across the board when you that was the common denominator was prayer they interceded for the nation there was a cry out for the nation and I believe this is Part of what this scripture is referring to, filling up the cup of salvation. Because when the cup is filled, the scriptures teach us that's when it's tipped over. Okay. You can agree. We can agree to disagree if you don't agree with that. But I've seen it. (laughs) I've seen it in another nation. Uh, We experienced it. We were in it. It was was awesome. Amen. Amen. So what's the position of our... Now, we talked about the, that's the premise of intercession. Why, in other words, why, why does God want us to pray and why should we want to pray? There's many more. Like I said, I could teach on this for two years, so we, I just, I'm skipping the rock this morning. But this is already enough to hopefully to motivate you. Then our position of intercessory prayer, which I've already alluded to, is what? See, because sometimes you, you ever got down to pray and the devil tells you, well, I'm telling you. You think you're going to pray and it's going to matter. Do you know what a hill of beans? Does anybody know what that is? That, I know that's archaic. 
I know you understand. You and me, we're country folks. So. But, you know, in other words, it's not going to amount to much. I mean, the devil tells you, now look at you. I mean, you know, and then he starts bringing up everything that's just not perfect in your life. <laughs> Yell at the cat. <laughs> Come on, that's the way he works, isn't he? He's an accuser. Because he knows if he can do that, he can stop your motivation in prayer. And if he can stop the church from praying, I'm telling you what, it's delayed. Listen, the devil knows he is not going to win. So you know what he's playing? Delay, delay, delay. Because he knows that there is a lake in his future. And it's not a nice, peaceful, cool, tranquil lake. Lake of fire. So he, well, you know what he's doing? Delay, delay, delay. Well, obviously, he can't delay God. He can't get to God. He already tried that one time. That didn't work out too good for him, did it? So what does he do? He's going to work on you and I, the body of Christ, believers, because he knows this sometimes better than we do. How important the linkages between the head and the body as to getting the plan and purpose of God done in the earth. <clears throat> so when we get down to pray, this is what you've got to remember. You know, I pray from, from my position in Christ. I don't pray from my position as Norris Braswell. I don't even pray from my position as pastor of Passion Church. I pray from my position of what? I've been raised up together and seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. That's where I'm praying from. I'm praying from the right hand of the Father. I'm praying from the throne room of God. And see, if you remember that, then when you get down, you say, boy, we're going to get to it here. It's going to make a difference, not because of me, but because my obedience, but it's my obedience understanding my position. Amen? Amen? Look over here. Let's just read it. Colossians 3. Notice what he says here. He says, since then, verse 1, you've been raised up with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things, for you died. Some of you, that's news. You died. You died. You died. <laughs> and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. You ever tried to accuse a corpse? I mean, you, I, you, I guess you can. You could get up in front of the corpse and just, you know, you so-and-so and just give them, give them all for it. You think they're going to care? <laughs> no. <laughs> he said, you died. When the enemy tries to condemn you, uh, and when you get ready to pray and says this, that, and the other, say, I don't know what you're talking about. That, that person died. That person died. All right, let me, let's look at one more scripture here real quick. Ephesians 2, 6, it says, God raised us up with Christ. Well, you, you can't be raised up unless you're dead. I mean, that's, isn't that, resurrection means what? See we, see, we love the resurrection part. It's the dying part we don't like so much. <laughs> he said, He has raised us up with Christ, seated us with Him in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus. So where are you positionally? You're seated in the heavenly realm. That's how God sees you. That's how He sees your position. That's how He sees your, your standing. That's how He sees your authority. 
And that's where we pray from when we go into our closet. The devil is a liar. Don't listen to him. If, if thoughts come that's contrary to God's words, you know that it's not the Holy Ghost. Amen. His kingdom is not divided. We're, we know this. Peter says that we're a kingdom of priests, or one translation says we're kings and priests. You know, a priest is someone who stands between the people and God. And then as a priest, priestly intercessor, really what we're doing is it's like we've got a hold of God's hand with this one and the person I'm praying for with this one. And I'm the go-between. I'm going to bring God's supply, God's grace, God's salvation to their need, to their bondage. Kings and priests. Kings and priests. A priest stands in the gap. That's what intercessory prayer is about. But also, a king and a, a, makes declaration, doesn't he? I mean, you ever heard of a king that never made a declaration? Boys, that'd be a wimpy king, wouldn't it? Turn over again to Job, one of my favorite scriptures when it comes to talking about prayer and making declarations. This is part of what intercessory prayer is about. <clears throat> Job 22. Notice what he says here. <clears throat> Verse 27, it says, You will pray to him and he will hear you. Well, that ought to be encouragement enough right there, had it? He will hear you. You will fulfill your vows. Notice verse 28. What you decide on will be done. Well, I just believe, Pastor Norris, that it's up to all up to God. Well, let's take that out. Just, you know, mark through that with your pen then, because that, that didn't apply to you. <laughs> you will decide on what will be done, and light will shine on your ways. Now, notice this, verse 29. When people are brought low, and you say, lift them up. Then he will save the downcast. Woo! I like that. He will save the downcast. Yeah, but they don't deserve it. Well, neither did you. Let's just get that all out of the way. None of us deserved it. Okay, okay that's settled now. We can move on past that. But he said, when you decide on something and you're praying for a downcast person, someone who is bound, someone who is sick, someone whom the, the devil is just, you know, as we say, eating their lunch and popping their bag. You know what I mean by that? If you if you ever brown bagged lunch, you were what you were you were you no you had a lunch box. I bet I, you're the, you had a lunch box. We 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 weren't we we didn't have enough money for a lunch box. I saw them because other kids had them, but we had a uh oh thing reached out and grabbed that. But we you know we carried it in a brown paper bag you know and the bully you know would you know. He would come up to see what you had in your lunch, and if it was something he liked, he got it. And if you said anything, he'd just blow the bag up and pop it in your face. See, that's the, that's the way the devil is. He's a bully. And so we can say in intercessory prayer, because of our position in Christ, remember that, because of your position in Christ, we can say to the downcast, we can say to the Father on behalf of the downcast, God, lift them up. God, set them free. 
God, heal their body. We come against the works of darkness, against their mind, against their marriage. He will save the downcast. He will even deliver one who is not innocent. Woo! Wow. He will be de- delivered through the cleanness of your hands. We're seated in Christ. But you know what? If you, you really want to see this work, you know what? You need to live right. Yeah, I went there. I know that's not a popular topic. I'm not a legalist. Anybody knows me knows that. But listen, the, God wants us to live right. Walk, what does that mean? Walk in the light you got. Walk in the light you have. That's how you live right. You just walk in the light you have. You believe God. You trust God. You believe God's Word. You walk in the light you have. And when you do that, and then you remember your position, and you remember that you're a king and a priest, you've got a hold of God's hand here, and you've got a hold of their hand here, then as a priest, you're making intercession and prayer, but also as a king, you're making some declarations. In Jesus' name, be loosed. Amen. Man, just, just yank them out of that by your prayer, by your authority. Mm. See, we can destroy the strategies of the enemy if we will take our place. The devil hates mankind. I don't care what your color is. I don't care what your race is. I don't care what your gender is. I don't care what your occupation is. I don't care what your geographic location is. He hates all mankind because they're made in the image of God. He hates God and he hates God's man. By that, I mean men and women. He hates you. He wants to destroy. And so, you and I, listen, let's, let's start. Before we start taking on a nation, let's start with our own family. So, we can destroy spiritual strategies of the enemy, and we can release divine plans of God for people. God's not willing that any should perish. There's one right there plan for God. God's plan for people. What? That they might be saved. That they might be a part of, of His kingdom. A part of His family. To enjoy God. Be in His presence for all eternity. Amen? We can see God's plan. What? People that we see that, that sickness and disease is attacking them. Well, listen, we know this. Jesus went about doing good. What was part of the good He went about doing? Healing all. He wants people well. It amazes me that some of the same people that, you know, they would fight you tooth and toenail, so to speak, over divine healing. They believe that, you know, that, you, know you, you shouldn't be praying about that. But they believe that God raised up doctors and medical science. That's God's way of healing. You know, I, I don't understand that thinking. Because, see, I believe in healing across the board. See, I believe in divine healing, and I believe that God also uses doctors. But if you believe that sickness is from God, you know, and that God don't really heal that anymore, then why are you going to the doctor? It's called, we're here to break the yokes of bondage. Isaiah 10, 27 says, says that, the, that the yoke will be destroyed off of their necks because of the anointing. You 
are anointed as a king and a priest to pray, to make divine declarations by the unction and power of the Holy Spirit based on God's Word, and you can set the captive free. God doesn't anoint you just so you can have goosebumps. Nothing wrong with goosebumps, but that's not what he's doing. Let's talk about it real quickly. I'm getting into it now. The power of intercessory prayer, because I've got to to wrap this up. I can't believe my time's already gone. Now, you remember when they went into the promised land. This is one of the, the, I guess, one of the best illustrations, the broad illustration. And you, you remember there... You know, or when they were about to go in the promised land, there was a, a battle just before they went into the promised land, and Joshua was leaving, leading the armies. Remember that? He was the one out there with the sword. He was out there leading everything. And Moses was up on the mountain. Remember that? And as long as his hands were up, the people of God, Israel, they were winning. When his hands went down, what happened? <laughs> that ought to tell us something. I would that men everywhere pray, lifting up. <laughs> Why you lift up our hands? Sign of victory. It's a sign of anointing. Amen. But but you know he was only human, and so that battle was going on for hours and hours. He got tired. You ever tried to hold your hand? Uh, try to hold your arms up for an hour. So what happened? You know what happened? You know, Aaron, Caleb and Aaron they got on either side, and you know one got one arm, one got the other one. Moses sat down on a rock, and they held up his arms all day long, and Israel prevailed. Amen? Intercessory prayer is like that. It's like we're holding up the arms supporting what God is wanting to do in the lives of people so that what? As long as our arms are lifted in intercessory prayer, so to speak. You understand I'm not talking about literally you've got to have your hands up the whole time you pray. But I'm talking about... When we are interceding and praying, we are releasing the victory and the anointing for victory in the battle arena. To save, to heal, to protect, whatever it might be. Amen? And then also... As we come together corporately, why do we have corporate prayer here once a month? Why do we do that? Because there's a different dynamic when we come together corporately. Amen? Jesus, you know, the Scripture says one can put a thousand, two can put ten thousand. We know that there there is a a geometric, it's exponential, isn't it? When we come together in agreement, there's just something that is just so much more powerful about that. And some things, that is the only way that they will be changed in the Spirit. Are you listening? Now, see, right now, we're in an election year. Everybody knows that, right? <laughs> you know, and, and this candidate versus that candidate. This candidate says, this is what I'm going to do when I get in. And this candidate says, this is what I'm going to do when I get in. And I'm going to change this, and this one says, I'm going to change that. Well, I voted in a lot of elections. (laughs) And they're still saying the same thing. But here's the thing I want. I'm, I'm saying that because, look, you know, that's man and his institutions. And, you know, I say it again. I always say this. You know, educate yourself, pray, go vote. That being said, though, that's not where my hope is. 
Where the change really needs to happen is in the realm of the Spirit. And that's up to the church. If we will begin to pray. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us if the church will take its place and pray, you'll get the government you want. Now, what he told Timothy? He said, pray over there. You know, I've had people tell me, well, Pastor, why don't you get more involved politically with things? Well, uh, 2 Timothy 2.4. Oh, I'm going to read that. Because some people ask me that all the time. So I'm just going to read this to you. Why don't you get up and do this and do that and do the other? Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, this, is, this is how God is leading me. 2 Timothy 2.4. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs. I am a soldier. I am called by God to be a soldier of the cross, of the gospel. He said no servant gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. That's who I'm out to please. I educate myself. Just like you do, and I vote. I do do that. But I'm, I'm not here to take side, to, you know, get rallies going and all that. If God's called you to do that, you better get busy. But he hadn't called me. He said, don't get entangled in civilian affairs. What I'm talking about will change civilian affairs, but it's in the Spirit. We know this. I won't turn over there. Second Chronicles, we use this so many times, you know, 714, you know, my people call by my name. Usually every, every year, you know, National Day of Prayer, we, we tried it out. Then, you know, once that day's over, we put it back in. <laughs> back in the drawer. That wasn't just a one-time thing. God says, you know, we should be praying without ceasing. <laughs> in other words, pray continually. Be praying for your nation. Be praying over it. This is where it's so good. We who who pray in the Spirit, who pray in other tongues. This is where it's a great advantage. Because you know what? You can pray what you know to pray for our leaders and for the election, all those things coming up. But I'm so glad we've got another gear we can kick in. You know, used to, years ago on the older cars, you know, they used to have something called overdrive. Anybody old enough to remember that? Don't tell me because I give it away. They used to have something called overdrive on it. You know, you get out on the, you got out on the four-lane highways and all, you kick it into overdrive. Well, see, that's what it is when you pray in the Spirit like that. You just kick it. That's prayer in overdrive. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> we obtain God's grace for those who do not know how. And boy, I tell you, there's a lot of people in our nation that need the grace of God right now. Amen? It's not, not only our black brothers and sisters that need the grace of God. I'm telling you, we white folks need the grace of God on us too. Everybody needs the grace of God in their heart. Because without it, I'm telling you what, <laughs> none of us are all that lovable. Come on, now I know you're an exception, but the rest of us need the grace of God, don't we? And that's where prayer comes in. And as we pray, and as we intercede as kings and priests, I'm telling you, now you begin to see a little bit, maybe a more clear why uh, M. Bounds and John Wesley made the statements they made. 
This power prayer. It's the powerhouse that will change our nation. It will change your family. It will change our city. Amen. People get saved. They get set free. The love of God comes in their heart. They begin to walk in the love of God. I'm telling you what, that'll cure race relations. Because we'll be like Paul. He said, there's neither, there's neither slave nor free. You know, there's neither uh, barbarian or Greek or sophisticated or uneducated or this or that. But what? We are one in Christ. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Would you bow your heads just for a moment? Hallelujah. Father, I thank you today. Lord, that you've spoken to us the urgency and the majesty of joining with you in intercessory prayer, standing in the gap for our families, for our city, for our nation. Father, I pray that we will not just be stirred and go back to our complacent ways, but God, I pray that the Holy Spirit will begin to speak to us, will begin to nudge us, and will begin to uh, draw us into that arena of intercessory prayer, standing in the gap and building up the hedge. Father, I pray it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.